With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning. Welcome to this episode of Under the Helmet. Well, another week in Georgia, and I can't keep saying it because I am still surprised how much talent and deep the teams in the APDFL that come from Georgia are. They are everywhere, and I'm not sure if you want to lump in South Carolina to it, but just keep it is astounding. As always, our Georgia correspondent, Edge Rusher from the Georgia Thrashers, Darius Gillette. Debo, good morning, bro. Good morning, good morning, good morning, my brother. Bro, listen, when I'm looking at the stats and when I'm looking at, I mean, the top two rated quarterbacks as far as yardage and completion percentage are KT from your Thrashers and Quentin Rucker. What do people not understand about the talent between those two? Like, what is the difference? Um, I think you can say the difference between the two. Um, they both have a strong arm. Um, I want to say KT probably is a little more agile. Um, Quentin, uh, what we call it, Q, he's more of a, a bruiser. Um, so, so I guess if you had to do like a comparison. Uh, I guess you could say like a Culpepper. KT's like a yeah, yeah. There you go. You can say McNair Culpepper if you want to. <laughs> like that'd be like the perfect old school battle right there. Like you know, just uh, McNabb, You know what you're gonna get. He's not that mobile, but he can go. And Culpepper, like I said, he was just big guy. Get it going. You know what I'm saying? Strong arm. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're, they're there are two good quarterbacks that they have similarities, but they're really two different types of quarterbacks. Now, the horseman, after a, you, you can call it a slow start, they have mm-hmm. rebounded, and they are starting to roll. They, uh, they look strong, and they went down to Orlando and put a beating beating on the Phantoms. Were you surprised that game got that out of hand, or were you expecting it? Um, I was more surprised uh, the amount of points that they allowed. Um, I'm even though it, no, it was a home game, um, Horsemen, actually, they were they more of a they thrive off their defense, and that's how the offense gets going. Because the offense can't score. Um, but they, oh, we've always, they've always had like a, a good stout up defense to get the offense the ball back. Um but I, I, I kinda anticipated. I gave the horse two touchdowns. Um so they, they pretty much covered what I was predicting. Um I the only reason I gave them two touchdowns is because they was traveling. Um but they did a great job traveling well. I knew they was going to travel well because I had a conversation with the line. Um and well I already know. If you can get the line there and anything else is possible. Like just being totally honest, you can you can have your second string quarterback. If you got your starting line there, 
you know what I'm saying, and you got your running back to go, and of course you're going to have your main two, probably your main receiver at least, you can work some stuff out. <laughs> now, Tristan Gould is a name that we should be hearing from. He leads the league in rushing, and he's averaging 7.8 yards an attempt. What should teams that haven't seen him expect? He uh young guy out of, uh, I think it's Kennesaw State. Yeah. Not super big, but like a compact build, like, what, 210, 205, but like 510. What does he bring to the table? Uh, well, Tristan is a hard runner. Um, he actually um, been running back. Um, actually had played with him. He actually played with me with the Thrashers. Um, he was a little heavier uh, when he played with the Thrashers. Um, he actually been doing a great job uh, working out, slimming down, but bulking as well. Um, so he kind of reminded me. He took the transition that I, I, I look at J-Rock as the same way. He took that same transition. J-Rock was more of a, a smaller, strong guy, but now he's more of a compact strong guy now, so it, it just adds on to his game. Um, but I see Tristan doing the same thing. Uh, like I said, he was more of a bigger back. He was over 200-something plus. Um, and now I believe he's down to like 210. Uh, but that 210 is like muscle. Uh, and like I said, he's, he, he, he had the same mentality when he was bigger, but now he's faster as well. Um, so that was that, like two pluses, you know what I'm saying, with, with, with losing weight and actually just having that same mentality to be a bruiser and running back, um, and also know that he can pick his feet up and go now. So, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the guy. You know what I'm saying? I've been, I've been seeing the work and the progress in this, this part of the show. How does he combine with Armand Turner? Like, what does that backfield look like as far as the, the versatility of both? Um, well, I guess you could say like a Thunder and Lightning. Uh, that's probably like the best thing I could probably say that uh, Ahmad Turner uh, has the wheels, uh, which of course he is fast and interesting. Um, but the way he hits the hole, he hits the hole full speed, um, and he's more of a outrun you guy. He can get up in there, um, but he will outrun. So like that's why I, I would call that like a lightning and thunder type of package for me. Now you have in on the horsemen they have. Chris Williams. Now, in a league of dominant wideouts, which LD, to me, sits at the top of the list, you have a guy in Chris Williams is making a name for himself. There was a play against the uh, Phantoms. not sure if you saw it, but it was uh, offsides against Orlando. Quentin Rucker finds him deep. Chris, Chris Williams makes a catch, spins out of one tackle. There oh, is a... Yeah. There's a defender at pretty much, I want to say the five, bowls him over. You don't see too many wide receivers run to contact and, and make sure that this touchdown is theirs. How does Chris make it? How is he different? Uh, Chris is different. Um, I've actually been able to watch Chris come up as well. Um, Chris played uh, for... I want to say about two teams before he actually joined with us. Um, he actually played with the – I can't remember the first team. I know it was a blue and white team. I mean, I think a blue and black team. It was a blitz. And then he made, he went over to the Georgia Cardinals, made his name over there. And when he became a horseman, he just really became like an all-around seat. Um, I believe uh, the battle between uh, him, uh, Sammy, and Tyrone Morris last year um, and the year before that, just trying to get in with that and also Rook Favors as well. Um, they, that It was a get me the ball, I'm going to score. So they basically were competing. <laughs> when it came down to it, it was like, you know, say I, I know if I get down here to the five or I get down to the ten, somebody else may get it. So Chris worked on all aspects of the game. Chris is a great route runner. Uh, that's what actually kills a lot of people because his, his route running is ridiculous. Um, and he also can make those catches on the sideline as well. Uh, the hard ones, toe taps, everything. I got I got plenty of film of him catching toe taps and everything. But um, he just he just all around receiver. You you look at him, you probably won't think he's that strong, but he is, um, and he will go at you. Um, like I said, I mean, far wide receiver wise, man, it's just it's crazy out here in Georgia. Um, I did see a post. Someone did post that the best duo um, they 
you know, down there with the Cobras. Um, that's a great duo. Like I said, I think with the top three teams in Georgia right now, like to me, um, with the Cobras, the um, Thrashers, and the Horsemen, they both have two top tier receivers. And I think that's gonna go. That's gonna go a, a long way for the passing game because it's like you, if you try to key in on one, another one can eat. And at the same time, you, they still have backfields. Um, so everyone's really pretty much these are the top three things that we, we're trying to keep up with each other. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. We try to keep up with each other because we already know and we feel like one of us is going to come out of the Georgia side to play, you know, the Alabama side or the, well, if someone comes out of Florida to get to the championship. That's what we feel. Now, when we come back from break, we will definitely discuss your Georgia Thrashers. Had a hell of a weekend, and there's a lot going on. You are listening to Under the Helmet on the FBC Radio Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back with the Under the Helmet podcast. Terrence Biggs, Darius Gillette. Debo, your Thrashers welcome the Crescent City Kings, which traditionally has been a stout team after... The Kings scored first. The Thrashers went crazy offensively and defensively. What was the adjustment point after that first touchdown that you surrendered? Oh, uh, after the first touchdown, it was just basically just just learning. I mean, not even learning, but just getting back in the mindset of not playing down to the competition. Um, not saying that they didn't bring competition, but far as numbers wise. We had an upper hand. Um, so just looking over there and just being kind of relaxed and just saying, like, okay, they got about 17, 18 people. We got about 30. You know what I'm saying? And, and that, that aspect. Um, and then it's like basically you got punched in the mouth. Like, yeah, they came to play. They got the interception. I think he ran it back to about, to about three. And then they end up scoring off of a slant route. Um, and that just woke us up. Let us know, like, where they're not playing with us. Um, and this is a good team. Um, they are missing a lot of good pieces. Um, but at the same time, you got it, it doesn't matter. I don't care if you came. I don't care if your grandmama suited up or whoever suited up. As long as they came and came, got on the field, they wanted some of this action. So we got back. We recouped, recouped um, on defense. Let everybody know we're going to shut it down from there. Um, offense, let them know that they need to just get it working. Um, there's no need to force anything. Uh, just play your game. Make sure we execute and – Basically, that's what they did for the rest of the game. Now, we're going to split this up. First, I want to talk about the offense. KT, Kevon Taylor, is completing 70% of his passes. He's averaging about 14 yards a reception. He's averaging 15 yards an attempt. I mean, <laughs> make it make sense. <laughs> Man, you, you would think people, you would think we're making these numbers up. You, if you if you just like listening and you just kind of look at it, you, you would think it's being made up. But when you actually watch KT in motion, um, kudos to the offensive line. I got to give kudos to the offensive line. Um, get your line in order. Uh, shout out to my boy uh, Crawford out there with the horsemen. Um, and that's what we, we was basically doing. I, I in Georgia, we just getting our line together, both lines, defense line, offense line. Nothing moves without that. Um, that was a big thing they said that um, to win this league. Uh, you needed to have a stout up front. 
Um, so I felt like um, we got the right tools on offensive line um, to give KT that time and be able to make his reads. And he's also he's a great thrower. So we know if KT gets some time, if he can get two two to three seconds, I'm confident that that ball is going to be completed. Um, and just based off, like I said, the wide receiver core that we have, um, it's just it's just very hard to cover all of them. Um, you got Marcus Sweat on one side, you got Sammy Johnson on the other one, and we also have. Uh, like I said I don't like to give too much of the sauce, but num- uh, number zero um, for the Thrash as well. He is uh, excellent, excellent receiver as well. Um, so I think you know. We should be good as far as wide receiver core. We also have a couple more surprises at the wide receiver as well. Um, but I'm really excited to see this run game get going too so we can try to catch up with those numbers. As a veteran leader, you have played all around the state of Georgia. Even though you're not a very old birthday notwithstanding. But when you see a young player like, say, Sammy Johnson, when he's an emotional guy, how do you, or how will you down the road, like, hey, you know, like, keep him focused and centered on the task at hand? Um, well, I've actually been, I've actually been good to know Sammy for the last couple of years. Um, what I can say, Sammy has grown as an individual um, on and off the field. Um, and that's basically what I try to do. Like I said, I've seen something special in when I first met him. He had, like, that attitude. But I just had that. I was trying to help him understand that you can have that type of attitude within the game, but you have to play within the rules of the game. So there's things that you will do um, that's going to piss people off. Um, so I know one thing that I do as a defender, every time if I get by the quarterback, I touch him. It doesn't matter if, I, if, if you just let the ball go or anything. I, I, I'm going to touch you. And I'm touching you just because I'm reminding you that I'm this close to sacking you. You know, so I'd say I would try to translate that to everybody. I let receivers know, like, you got to be physical with your cornerbacks. And they are going to do some cheap shots because, like I said, they're decent. So they're going to do, they're going to fight, scratch and claw and everything for you not to be successful because that's what their job is on defense. So they have that same mentality. And for you as an offensive player to have a mentality is real right um, I, there's really been only a couple of like killer wide receivers out there. I say T.O. was one of them. Um, but it, it, you got to learn how to keep it in order. You know what I'm saying? And like I say, you can get flags, you can clap it up. But like I say, you'll get a couple of people that's going to try to give you a cheap shot, try to smack you out of the play, hit you, or pull you down and stuff like that. You just got to learn to play through it. And like I say, Sammy's a work in progress. He's been doing a lot better than when I first met him. Uh, well, I'll say about 100% um, and that, even though it may not seem like it but he's a lot better as far as staying in games and just staying focused and understanding that he has a job at hand and the minute that he becomes the main focus and it becomes a distraction um, and in order for the team to be successful I need him to know that he can be successful within the system um, but like I say he's a, a hell of a player, play offense, and he can play defense. Um, I, I really like him on defense because he can use that attitude, um, but I really love him on offense because, like I say, it's kind of hard to stop a guy that's six four, six five, going up with anger. You know what I'm saying? So this is really, really hard to do. Um, but I think they feed off each other. Like I say, with him and DeMarcus Sweat, they're real good friends. KT, all of them, they are real good. We're all real close friends. Um, and they work on and off the field, and KT just kind of reminds and lets them know that I am the general. And so we actually call KT as well. We call him the general. And, um, you know, just make sure he keeps his, you know what I'm saying, his people in line. Like I said, they can go a little AWOL at times, but just bringing them back and understanding that we have a bigger picture ahead of us. Now, with DeMarcus Sweat, it's funny that before the season started, I always go up and down the roster because i got to make sure that, you know, any names jump out. And I swore to myself, as someone who has to cover the, the NFL and cover the NFL draft and therefore got to watch college film, names stuck out, and I could not think of it. And I was like, oh, that's that dude from Kentucky. I don't know why in my head. I went back. I wish to God. I, I need to take pictures. I keep notes, like notebooks, 
stacks mm-hmm. of notebooks. I had to go into my notebook box. It was like a box, probably like a, a Foot Locker, Army Foot Locker okay. full of, and I'm like 2010, 11, 12. Guy from Kentucky, like, made a long catch versus, like, I want to say uh, Kent like State. Tennessee. Kent State, yeah, okay, okay. I know he ran, I he went I like, he ran a kickoff back. Or I, I want to say he went like 56 yards or 55, something like that. So yeah. then I fast forward, I'm like, oh, that's that's what happened to him. How much of a veteran presence, because he's played in different spots, that mentoring do you think that he will bring to uh, a younger offense? Yeah. Um, yeah, he brings a good – Good uh, veteran leadership um, to that cast. Like I said, we have a couple of younger receivers on the roster, um, but they all have been and they played college ball as well. Um, so we have so with everybody basically, pretty much that wide receiver has played some sort of college ball, either D one, D two. Demarcus Sweat goes out there and just shows example of I'm going to be the best and I'm going to show you. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to help you get open as well. He plays angry every play. It doesn't matter if he's not getting the ball or not. He's going to play angry. And it's going to be a long day for that DB. So if you try to avoid Sammy on that side to come mess with DeMarcus Sweat, it's not going to still be a good – it's not going to be an easy day. Uh, he's probably one, one of the most physical receivers I've seen, like just that can run crisp routes in a long while. Um, he just so he's so physical. I, I, I think that we posted a play where he pushed the cornerback about four yep. yards. Yep. <laughs> and the corner corner was still drafting back four yards. He done ran the slant. He wide open, but Sammy was wide open on the other side as well, and made a great catch. But it's just watching it sometimes. You know, what I'm saying it just amazes me that how physical they can be. And like I say, if you're not physical back as a cornerback or on defense, it is going to be a long day. For um, I hate to say, but I love to say. <laughs> now, as we switch to, which I feel is the most important side of the ball, which is defense. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, the Thrashers have tallied four sacks in two games. That is Byron Stewart and I want to say William Howard. As an edge rusher, yeah. Debo, how important is it to have other pass rushers around you to take the heat off you? Um, it actually does a good um, because we actually seen um, basically from the first game how people were going to try to play me. Um, I, I, like I, said, I don't try to just boast about it sometimes, but going into that Blackhawk game, we didn't anticipate for them to actually key on me when I was in the game. So I was in the game a lot, that Blackhawk game. I, um, I really haven't recorded my, my stats. Um, I have a couple of tackles, and I actually have a sack from the Blackhawk game and a sack from the Kings game. Um, but I'm just really, really right now, I'm really more focused on my defensive line to make sure they um, get what they need to do, and we're actually up to par by the time we start playing the, I want to say, the harder end of our schedule, even though we've played some great teams. Um, but the schedule's going to start getting a little bit tougher, especially um, this week. We can't overlook the Predators. And then next week we got the Horsemen. And then I believe the week, uh, two weeks after, I believe we go down to the Cobras. I think we got the Cobras. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that that's going to be a tough little schedule from the Predators, the Horsemen, the Noles, the Seahawks. You know, that that's just those four right there. Like I said, you, you can't sleep on any of those teams. The Noles have been playing good ball. The Seahawks, we'll see what they got this weekend versus the Horsemen. Um, and then, like I said, that Horsemen week, that's going to be a, a huge game as well. And then we can't overlook, like I said, we can't overlook the Cobras May 8th. Um, so I, I just, I mean, no, I'm sorry, not May, yeah, May 8th. Um, so I just think it'll just be a, a hard-nosed battle. Uh, but hopefully my defense, uh, like I said, we're just tooling up to get to that, to that point. Um, but we have a good – rotation at the defensive line. Uh, I can say we're probably about eight deep on the defensive line. Uh, so I, I just want to make sure that they're where they are because it's going to be times where I do come in um, and I am in, and like I say, people people going to watch, and they know. And if you don't, then you'll just find out the hard way. 
if you if you don't know who I am. It was funny because before the season started, I talked to Cam Adams, and he was like, "Well, you know, Debo is probably going to be our defensive line coach." Like, wait, what? And because I'm sitting there, because I did all my homework from you know <laughs> your days with the Horsemen, I'm like. This guy is not old. I'm like, wait, he's like, what, 31, 32-ish? <laughs> um, so, because Cam was sure as hell that you were just going to, you know, wear the clipboard, not wear the clipboard, but wear the T-shirt and have, like, the play calling as the defensive line coach. I'm like, oh. Because then, as time... <laughs> Everyone I talked to, they're like, his guy's going to play. I'm like, are you sure that yeah, he's going to play? What changed your mind from thinking or from possibly hanging it up to, you know what, I need to go do this some more? Um, Just the mindset I had. Like I said, when I came over, um, that was really kind of the main reason I did leave the horseman. It was not out of spite or anything. I actually was given a job. Um, me and Cam Adams had actually been working on this the last two years, uh, the year before. But when we after we won the champ, the year we won the championship, he asked me to be the coach. I told him I couldn't. We wanted to defend our title, so we went played another year, and then that was last year. So after that year, I told Cam, I said, "Well, I got to keep my word," and I came over to coach. Um, I was over there coaching for a little while, and I just couldn't shake it. Um, I felt that maybe it was too early. Um, one of the main reasons that I'm probably going to be stepping away soon um, is because I'm also a little league coach as well. Um, I've been coaching my kids since they was about seven years old. Um, so I'm basically getting into the groove. Now they're 11. Um, so this is pretty much the crucial years, 11, 12, 13, them getting them into high schools and stuff like that. So those years are going to be crucial for me because I don't have any kids of my own. So they, they are mine. Um, so that's where a lot of my focus is going to be. And I know if their game is going to be around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not going to be able to be trying to, you know, get to practice or get to games if they're out of town or anything because they come first. At, at that age, they're just going to have to come first. Um, here's the so question. that was one of the main mm -hmm. Here, Here's the question. When you do decide to hang it up and you get your – players into high schools will you return as a head coach uh that is that is the, that is that is the plan um basically what i was just doing was getting my feet wet because i've been coaching um like i say for the last six years um so that is the next plan the next plan is to get one of these organizations and that's why i've tried to keep my hands on with these teams and making sure that everyone is prospering and going the right direction. Um, because I want to be able to make sure I can take over something that, you know what I'm saying, people want to see. Um, like I say, semi-pro already has a bad taste in his mouth by itself. Um, so we're just trying to rebrand it and just show that there is better foot, there is good football besides, we can't even say the Falcons, um, <laughs> but in the state of Georgia, um, just beside Little League. Because Little League is pretty much – the second thing after NFL in Georgia um, is really Little League, and then you got UGA and all that type of stuff, which is very weird, but they go hard for that Little League out here. Um, so that is the end goal, um, to be a head coach of either a semi-pro or if I can get my foot in the door and make it to a high school, that also be the next play. Do you think that you'll be walking the sidelines for the Thrashers in 2023 as coach, head coach? That could be a possibility. Uh, me and Cam have uh, kept good contact. Like I said, me and Cam understands my mindset. Um, he's more of trying to step away and actually let the program run, you know what I'm saying, get the right people in the right spot and able so he can just basically be a GM, you know, just make sure stuff is ready. Um, the league is in, fees, all that type of stuff, and field, and that's all he really wants to do. Um, so once he gets to a point where he can feel trust, that he can trust the people that he's in, you know, installed into his organization, then I'm pretty sure he doesn't mind giving the keys over. And like I said, me and him have talked. Um, like I said, Cam is 
great guy. Like I said, me and him talk football all the time, so he understands where my mind is and what my goal is. Um, so we are pretty much on the same page. But uh, right now, um, my old my old uh, defensive back is the head coach, uh, T. Rock. Um, so he he technically is the um, head coach right now. So um, I work good with them. Like I, said, I, I appreciate everything they've done for me and just helped me out with the process. Um, so the last game. The Kings game, I was pretty more coaching um, a lot of that game um, and just helping with the rotation and stuff like that. And just like I say, just trying to get those mental reps for those guys um, because it's going to be game planning for certain teams. Because like I say, the Cobras have played against me, the Horsemen have played against me, um, and also the Seahawks. So they know what I bring to the table. Um, so I want to make sure that I can balance the playing field when I can. Um, and if that re- requires me to maybe step out a couple of plays so we can get them to run a true offense, then that's what we may have to do sometimes. But, you know what I'm saying, it just we'll play it by ear and we'll play it by what we see. And like I said, I'm good at coaching, so I can adjust as well. Now, Cam will be listening to this, so I have a message for Cam. Cam, my <laughs> I've told you this like 15 times. Apparel camp, T-shirts. There are people who are going to throw money at the Thrashers. T-shirts, apparel camp. Let's get this going. Now, when we come back, I want to talk about the Cobras. I want to talk about Seahawks. I want to talk about the Knolls. You are listening to the Under the Helmet podcast on the FPC radio network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are back with Darius Gillette, Edge Rusher from the Georgia Thrashers. You are listening to and I'm a podcast. Terrence Spiggs here. Debo, the Cobras. The Cobras, they are a problem. They, ooh, they are... I tell this story 10,000 times, and damn it, I'll tell it 10,001. Start Calvin Lee a couple of years ago. Best piece of advice I ever was told was this. The Cobras travel well. They will have a problem. If they get a pass rush, they'll have a problem. They have both. They beat the Phantoms. They smash the Tigers. They're facing the number one team, the number one ranked team in APDFO, which are the Gulf Coast Gators this week. The Gators handed the Mississippi Dynasty their first loss in, let's see, my son is four, since he was one, basically. Um, (laughs) Do you think the Cobras have enough on each side of the ball to slow down a super deep Gators team? Um, I do. I do. Uh, when I go and look at the Cobras, and I believe that they check pretty much all the boxes, um, they do have a front. Um, they do have a uh, they have a, a wild card defense in. Um, his motor is like ridiculous. Um, he's not the biggest whatsoever, but I've watched him, and his motor is ridiculous. And he give he's gonna give people problems. He may like I said, he may look like he's not supposed to be there, uh, but it's just the fact that his motor doesn't stop. 
Um, and like I said, they also have two good interior, and they also have a great linebacker. Um, speed in the back end. Um, so I believe that defense is, uh, is, is good good enough to hold off some of their uh, high-powered offense from the Gators. Because I see they did put up 51. So I'm not overlooking the Gators or anything. Um, but I believe the way that Marcus Brooks orchestrates that offense, um, they will hold the ball from you. And they also will um, slowly go down the field if they have to. Um, so I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I don't I don't see the Cobras um, doing like what they did to the Tigers, to the Gators. Um, I think that the travel is not that bad for the Cobras, so they will be able to travel even even better. Even like I say, they don't really have a problem with the travel. They know who they need, and they make sure they get there with who they need. Um, so I, I think that game is going to be real close. I believe that game could come down to who wins the turnover battle. Um, and that's just based off of what's going, how the game flows. But whoever wins that turnover battle, I believe, will win. Um, and I can see J-Rock going into the end zone. If he gets into the end zone two times, the Cobras will win. Now, there's been talk about who the best tandem of wide receivers are. If you had to rank them as far as L.D. McGriff, Johnson and Sweat, Chris Williams, how would you rank those receiver cores in Georgia? Cobras, Thrashers, Horsemen. Whew. Um, that's a tough one there. Um, I guess I could say it depends what you're looking for. Um, if you want a versatile, if you want someone, if you want to have a tower, and really are what we call Demarcus Sweat and Sammy Johnson twin towers. Um, they're pretty much kind of the same, but they're not the same. Sweat is probably a little more a little more muscular than Sammy. Um, so with that combination, with him being with him being fast and physical, that, that's a hard combination to start. But when you look at the Cobras receivers as well, they are great route runners, excellent speed, great hands. Um, and then, like I said, if we transfer over to the Horsemen, you got Chris, Chris Showtime Williams who can run any route, make any catch, um, and then I also um, I would pair him up with probably Tyrone Morris, um, number nine for the Horsemen. Uh, he's probably like the, I, I call him Mr. MVP. Um, so I think if I it would be hard for me to rank one, two, three. Of course, if I have to be one, two, three, I'm gonna be biased and I'm gonna say um, Thrashers first. Um, just 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 to get that out of the way. Just I'm just letting y'all know I'm being biased. Um, and then I would say it'll be tough with number two because I would say the veter- the veteran leadership of the Cobras probably could get the, the nudge, but it's like a, a a half an inch nudge. It's not even a, a whole foot. It's probably a half an inch nudge when you look at the um, horseman receiving core. Um, like I say, even though they, Sammy Johnson's not over there as well, they still have a great core over there. Um, but Showtime is, Chris Williams is, like I say, Showtime. Um, we've actually played against each other. I'll send you that film too, so just remind me. I'll send it to you. You can actually watch that game. It was actually a great game. Um, but ugh, I guess I'll say one, and then I'll say one Thrasher, and then I'll say two A Cobras, and then two B Horses. Like, I'm excited to see what the Thrasher's receivers look like, you know, going the rest of the season, because like you said, your schedule definitely gets harder. For me, it is, I mean, I've watched LD in a championship game against arguably the best corner league in Amos Tatum. They went back at it, and LD is that guy. He is that dude. And not the biggest guy, but you give him an inch, he will take a mile, mile and a half, a couple of miles. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Javier McGriff is the quiet one where it never talks. Never talks, just plays. Just, just you wouldn't know he's on the 
he you wouldn't know he's in the room unless somebody said his name. But yet, <laughs> film does not lie. I am excited about how things are going to progress. Now, here's a question. The Garden City Seahawks, they play in North Augusta, South Carolina. That's real close mm-hmm. to Augusta, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like right there off the border. Uh, Do you count that as Georgia? Uh, for a while, we we had a joke with them, Garden City, because no one knew what Garden City was. Um, when we first played them a couple years ago and they was coming to Atlanta, nobody could figure out where Garden City was. Um, it was a couple people on their team that was joking with us. They were like, we from Georgia, man. We we, 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 we from Georgia. We was like, no, y'all not. Cause we've never heard of Garden City. But when you look at it on the map, it's like right next to the border. <laughs> so what we used to do is just to make fun of them, we'd be like, no, y'all are South Carolina team. Um, but um, we've come to basically know them. I've come to know them um, and know their, man, their, uh, their owner. Um, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, so we kind of embrace him as a Georgia team now. Um, I believe with him um, teaming up with the uh, – who was they? I want to say they were the Raiders last year um, for the APDFL. I think they were the Raiders. Um, Is that the old working, Ducks guy? Yes, sir. Yep. Chris, yep. Chris Bradley. Chris Bradley, that's my guy. Yes, sir. He's played quarterback, everything, you know. Um yeah, so they basically teamed up. Um, so that's going to be a scary sight because he was missing a couple of key pieces over there with them. They didn't really have a quarterback. So if you bring in the Seahawks players along with it, they already have a quarterback. I believe there's going to be a good team. That's why I wasn't surprised um, on the score the other week when they beat beat up on uh, they beat up on the Tigers. I wasn't pretty much shocked. Um, because, like I say, just based on what they were, what the Raiders were missing and what the Seahawks have to offer, that's just a great combination. And, like I say, they're really from Augusta anyway, but I think they was playing down in Savannah. So with them going back to their roots in Augusta, that's going to be a tough team to beat um, just based off of just the familiarity of everybody as well, too. Now, we got to talk about the Knowles. The Knowles are a team where, no one expected them to start 2-0. I'll be honest, I didn't expect them to start 2-0. I would, I I would be lying if I said I expected that. Yeah, I didn't. They, whew, they show a seriously phenomenal uh, commitment to running the ball. They will run the ball five downs in a row. They run up, they, they <laughs> like, Eric Williams likes to run the ball, and they will pound the ball. Yeah. Do you think as they go forward, they're going to have to open up a little bit? Um, yes. Um, and just based off of the teams that they're going to be playing, when you're playing the Horsemen, when you're going to be playing the Cobras, and you're playing the Thrashers, you're not going to be able to just beat them with the rain game. Um, as you see, the Blackhawks kind of did that. The Blackhawks was a little successful. Like I said, that was our first game. Um, but they was a little successful with the run. Um, and that, but in order for them to move the ball, they had to pass, and the passes have to be caught. Um, so I don't think – I believe that they want to be identified as a running team. That is cool, but I believe that that passing game is going to have to start gelling. Um, I would try to get ahead of it now um, because if you try to wait too long and try to get that spark going when you start playing the tougher end of your schedule, it's not going to be a good sight. Um, but I'm proud of the team. Like I said, we, we picked on them um, to begin with. We were trying to see who was going to be the worst team in you know <laughs> in Georgia uh, this year. Um, just 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 out of you know saying just just friendly jokes and stuff. But I'm, I'm really proud of proud of them. Um, they've been doing a good job and uh, just 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 staying ahead of the curve. Like I said, because you don't want to lose early uh, to a team that you probably could have beat. Um, and you want to pretty much go try to go toe to toe with those other teams um, that's a little tougher that's on your schedule. Um, so they did what they needed to do, which was take care of business by beating the two lesser teams that they should have, they should be. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do have to offer. Um, I believe they do have the Phantom this week, and they're going mm-hmm. down to Orlando. 
Um, so just depending on how they played Orlando, I think Orlando's going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be a trap game for the Nose. Um, so they, I hope they're listening. Uh, please travel well. Um, if y'all got to travel early, that's what the horsemen did. Some of them went down there Friday um, just to get down there, stretch your legs and stuff like that, and just to be mentally ready come Saturday uh, night. Um, but if you can, like I say, just try to get down there as early as possible Saturday because Orlando's not next door. Uh, I believe it's like an eight-hour drive from Georgia. Uh, I think they're coming from like the middle of Georgia, probably like uh, Macon or something. So it's still yep. going to be like eight, eight-and-a-half-hour drive. Um and it will take a toll on your body. Trust me. Uh, now, so I, mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. Now they have to, to this point with it six sacks, uh, five picks, two pick sixes, and three defensive touchdowns. Now you said that the Phantom are gonna be pissed off. They should be. They haven't. They haven't won. And it is a team that has talked excessively. And it's pretty much show-up time. And one of the things that this would be... a really good win for both teams. For the Phantoms, this would quiet some folks. Maybe not me, but it would quiet some people. And they will start three... If you think about it, they have their first three home three games. They have their first three games at home. Like few teams have <laughs> yeah, that. Few teams have that. That's that. I, I don't mind going on the road early because you get it out of the way. But I think by them having those home games in a row so early is going to hurt them because when it start when you start talking about injuries, travel and time of the year, it's going to be very hard to get everybody to make sure that, okay, we're traveling this week, y'all, we're traveling next week. So that's going to be real tough. I believe it was important to at least try to split. Um, but when you got the Cobras coming down there and you had the Horsemen coming down there, I believe they might have been mentally fatigued from the Cobra game because that was a tight game that they did play to the Cobras and they won. They uh, lost 20-13. Um, I think they gave a lot to that game. So when the horsemen came down there, they might not have been taking it as serious. Um, and the horsemen just showed them, like, you know, we are a challenge. They are a championship-style team, um, and they've been there. So I believe they can get back on track with the Georgia Nose coming down there, but you can't sleep on them, and you can't try to overlook them because they may come out with the win, um, the Nose might. So – I think if Orlando's plays pissed off and plays in that controlled environment and actually use the home field to their advantage, they might be able to bring that out because then the next week they have the Georgia Crushers, who I believe they can beat. Um, and that would actually get them back to 500. So this is an important week for them to play the nose and actually be successful by beating them. And then, like I said, they'll turn around and play the Crushers. Um, like I said, I believe they can win that game and that to get that back to 500 and then from there, it's up from there because after that they have the Gulf um, Coast Gators. Um, so that will be another test for them. But if they want to try to make that playoff run, they're going to have to make sure that they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. If they take a loss to any of the teams that they are not supposed to, that they were uh, supposed to beat, it's going to be hard for them to actually get into the playoff, I believe. Now, when I look at the Phantom schedule, they do play the Gators, and they play the Cobras at the end of the season. Yeah. And, ooh, that's, I mean. <laughs> and that ooh. may have playoff implications. So that's like, that's, that's really, you know what I'm saying, that's kind of like how the NFL do it where they put the um, divisional games at the end of the year, last game of the year. You know, they, that's a new thing they start to do. Um, I think that was actually great because that could, like I said, that could have playoff implications. If the Corbis take care of what they do with their schedule, that game may not mean anything to them, um, but uh, a seed. Um, so I think that game is going to be very important to them. Um, but like I said, the Phantom got to win those uh, games in between. Um, there's a couple of games that they probably should have the advantage, um, but they got to make sure they capitalize on those 
And just by the Cobras coming down there to play them and it was a tight game, them going to the Cobras um, is going to give the Cobras even more momentum. So it's it, it, it's tough. It's, it, it's tough. Like I say, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, we'll see what they can do. Um, but I believe if they lose three, if they lose three games, it's over. They, I mean, not three and all, but if they lose three out of their next, uh, one, two, out of the next uh, seven games, I believe they're out of the playoffs. Because you're looking, I'm looking at the A of the APDFL East, and you got Airmen, Cobras, Knolls, Storm, Seahawks, Blackhawks, Horsemen, Predators, Tigers, Viking Jaw. Now y'all have one, two. So, I mean, you, you you have one, so you're gonna vault ahead of so many of these teams. But yeah. of these teams, who doesn't make the playoffs? Airmen, Cobras, Knolls, Storm, Seahawks, Blackhawks, Horsemen, Predators, Jaw. Who do the fans uh, replace? Uh, I be, they 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 could take the storm, or if the airmen stumble, um, they might be able to get in there. I think the airmen is playing some okay ball. Um, they're going to have to take care of that Alabama division. But just looking at the airmen schedule, they have a lot of winnable games. Um, they only play the Blackhawks once, and they play. Garden City, but it's at home. Um, I think they just need to take care of business in Alabama uh, because they do play the Predators as well. I believe they can be a great game. I think they game of the last the last game of the year. We'll say that. I'll say it like this. We'll say the game of the of the year to see who gets in the playoffs. Tuskegee Airmen versus the Columbus Storm, May twenty second. That game will determine who makes the playoffs. I agree with that. Now, here's the thing that with the Storm, in the offseason, their owner decided to poke the bear. Like, in his mind, getting attention, you know, merits this. So he called out the Mississippi Dynasty. Mm-hmm. The Dynasty are coming to Columbus, or I should say they're coming to Phoenix City, Alabama this weekend. He literally asked for this. Talking to talking to a few of the dynasty players, they yeah, they are not fans of the long trip, and yeah, it's gonna be. It might be a get healthy game, but it's gonna be a physical game because they watched all season as the storm owner, you know, decided to call his shot and call them out like it was a UFC. <laughs> so it's so the dynasty are going to show up in Alabama this weekend and play the storm. How do you see that one going? I think the dynasty are rolling um, with them just beating the best team in Alabama to me, which is the Blackhawks. I think they're not going to go in looking. Um, I think, I think that first win on the, that first loss of the season is really going to like drive their whole season. Um, I think that game pretty much gave them the fuel to get back to where they needed to be. Um, so I see this game with the Columbus Storm. If the Columbus Storm can play smart football, um, and what I mean by smart football is just keeping the the, uh, the ball out of their hands. Um, so you may have to play the longevity game. You may have to play the, um, you know what I'm saying, running the clock and make sure you use time and position and stuff like that because Mississippi Dynasty can score fast. Um, and their defense can get on the field and make you go for and out real quick. Um, so I think they make sure that they have a game plan um, and not try to go talent for talent because I don't know if that's going to work for them. But I think if they have an actual game plan and stick to it and try to actually execute it, they can have a better game. But I still see the dynasty um, winning this game. Now, one of the things that you know, the Storm did, like I said, they, who you have a team that Mississippi, they're rolling. And because when they lost to the Gators, folks were at their hat about a lot of things. And, you know, folks relished that loss. And talking to a few players off, you know, off the record, they have long, petty memories. <laughs> and this should be an interesting one. Now, 
one of the last things that I asked you is this about just the state of Georgia football in general. Who do you want the Falcons to draft? Or at this point, do you care who the Falcons draft? Um, well, you all know, you know who, what, what fan I am of. But um, just looking at the Falcons, I believe that they need to address. I'm going to go with the uh, most unpopular pick. I believe if the Falcons, if the Falcons keep their pick at number what that, number five, I believe mm-hmm. if they keep that pick, I would go with Michael Parsons um, from Penn University State. of uh, Penn State. Mm-hmm. I would go with him because you could actually pair him up with Deion Jones, um, and you can have a great outside linebacker, and he can also be a pass rusher as well. Um, I think if they try to just say go pass rusher, they could address that um, and go with uh, Rosario. uh, The Rousseau from Miami? Yes, yes. I would go that route. Um, I don't really see them pulling the trigger on a quarterback. I believe that they trust Matt Ryan for the next two years, Um, and I believe that you could probably find yourself a quarterback within the next two years. because I don't believe they're going to get Jason, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence out of this draft. Like, I just I just don't see it. Um, and to me, I don't think I would take Justin Fields that high, just being mm-hmm. how Oklahoma – I mean, quarterbacks are – Ohio State, I'm sorry, or how Ohio State quarterbacks are and their basically tradition of, you know, how they translate coming to the NFL. Um, it would be hard for me to pull the trigger on him that high. Now, if they had, like, if they traded back um, and they was able to gain another pick, then maybe I would do it. Um, but if I was a GM of the Falcons, my pick, number five, would be Michael Parsons from Penn State. I have a bold statement that would probably lead to people in Georgia showing up at my house in Wisconsin and wanting to fight. So I'm going to say it and <laughs> folks need to address, hey, come on now. This is my Georgia football statement. For all of his talent, for his long career that will probably end up in the Hall of Fame, I kind of believe that Julio Jones underachieved. Um, they was actually talking about that on the radio the other day, and I can't. I kind of agree. Um, I understand that. Yeah, he was pretty much the number one go-to guy for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but if you look at Julio, he has a lot of yards. Um. But it's like he's had seasons we could not get in the end zone. Um, I don't even I don't know if he has multiple touchdown years. Like I, I don't one. I don't I'm not sure. One. Um, oh, he has one. See, and that's that's what I I already knew. Like because if you look at his career, he bowed a lot of turtles, hurt back, um, things of that nature. And I think they kind of use him into the ground because yeah, you had Roddy White and stuff like that. But I just think that. He should have had a little bit more of an impact. Like, yeah, he has a lot of yards with the Falcons, and even at 300 yards for a game, that was amazing as well. But I believe he only made the end zone twice that game. Um, so it, to me, looking at it, people probably do want to fight me too. I believe he did kind of underachieve. Will he be a Hall of Famer? Most likely, probably will. But I believe he probably his ceiling could have been higher. You know. I look at his stats, and I, and I remind myself of the games I watched. He had that one double-digit touchdown year in his second year, 2012. He had 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. This is what has happened since, as far as touchdowns receiving. Are you ready? Two, six, eight, six, three, eight, six, three. Yeah, they, 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 they can't do it. They, they, your, your number one receiver can't be not getting 10-plus touchdowns. Man, listen. I didn't like the, who else is scoring other touchdowns. <laughs> in 2015, he had 136 catches for 1,871 yards. Led the league in both categories. He had eight scores. The year after, he had 83 catches for 1,409 yards. That's 17 yards a catch, right? Six yeah. scores. The following year. He had 88 catches for 1,444 yards, three 
touchdowns. Three. Yeah, that just that just and, and when you look at the stats, a lot of people will be like, Oh, well, you know, they had red zone problems. But I'd be like, hey, that's not my problem. That's not my problem. They had red zone problems, it's not my problem. That means you should have capitalized on them catches and made sure they got into the end zone. It's not my problem. You get down to the twenty to ten, you can't score and for some reason you can't find Julio in the end zone. I don't know why. You can't you run a play to get him open to get B one on one. I don't understand why. Um, so yeah, that that kind of always was a question mark to me, um, and that's why I used to have the the argument because I'm still a fan. I used to always say AB better, um, and a lot of people like ah, nah, he's just too little. That's man, but AB put up points. You know, he gives he gives yards, and he put up points. <laughs> like Julio just putting up yards and catches. You know, so yeah. great receiver, great physical, yeah. but. I need points on the board as well. I need my number one receiver. If it's crunch time, I can, you know, guarantee that you could probably give me a touchdown, not give me a first down. Now, he has three 1,500-yard seasons, right? In those three years, he has totaled 22 touchdowns on, let me do some quick math, 353 catches. I uh yeah, I just don't understand. Like and he's big. He's a big dude. He's what, six three? Two twenty? Yeah, he he's not a little guy. Chances are you're facing a cornerback that is nowhere near six three or two twenty. Yeah. And the red zone, I mean, is the fade not working? That and that's what is why I'm wondering. Like how you know, I, I just ceased to realize, like, how is it that y'all get out to the red zone and he's barely get targeted? Like, you know, granted, they did have Tony Gonzalez, you know, stuff like but I I, I care less. I, I don't I'm, care if you know the ball going to me or not. Like, is is that that's one of the things I used to always think, about. like, oh, they know he's going to him. So doesn't matter. Just stop it. Like, I, I don't, you know what I'm saying. If you want to send three people to go guard him, all right, cool. We'll just run the ball, but you know, I I, I rarely see people triple team Julio in the red zone because they know that wasn't you know that wasn't a target you know. So it was a lot of one on one, maybe a, a underneath you know what I'm saying with them, but I really haven't seen anybody put too too much emphasis um, in the red zone when it came when the Falcons were down in there. But now like Julio, I watched. I watch yeah. a couple of Falcons games, but you know I'm I'm more of the black and yellow when it comes to Sunday. Stop it! Stop it now! Stop <laughs> it now! Stop it now! <laughs> now, here's the thing: Julio is like Waffle House. He's a name brand. You you have known he'll always be around for years. Yeah. But when it comes to like what you expect, it's it's pretty much just a name. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah, yeah, sad to say it is, though. Sad to say it is. It is kind of disappointing because it, even when you look around the league at some of the other receivers and, like, the, the, the years that they have, you know what I'm saying, even the the underrated receivers that you probably may not even talk about, they end up with 10, 9, 12 touchdowns. You know what I mean? And it's just, you know, how is it that they're getting in the end zone? You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, Julio gets a lot of targets. He gets good catches across the field. You know what I'm saying? One-on-ones. But it just he just, I don't know, it's like he was allergic to the end zone. Um, so it, it's going to be tough. But when you talk about a specimen, Matt wide receiver, that's what you really want, somebody that looks like Julio Jones. You know, fast, <clears throat> fast and physical. Somebody that can leave you running if you don't pay attention. And he probably could uh, stiff-arm you and keep going for another 30 yards. Um, but, you know, sad to say, but he'll probably go down as one of the better Falcons. Uh, but stat-wise to me, um, nah. I mean, it's just, I mean, now before we, Lee, I need to ask you like a Steelers question because am I the only person that respects Juju Smith-Schuster's ability on the field but wouldn't want him in the locker room because of his childishness? Um, no. And I think that's why the Steelers is uh, kind of like 
this is itself, and um, we didn't refine him, so we're trying to see if anybody's going to give him. I think he might be a restricted. Um, let's see if anybody gives him a deal. Um, I don't see the Steelers matching the deal. Um, I think we can um, actually – I think it's a couple of wide receivers in this draft that we probably could um, draft mm-hmm. or use. Um, we also could use a good, another good tight end. Um, I hope hopefully Kyle Pitts can slide to us. Uh, I would take out him first, um, or depending on what the quarterback looks out there, because we're not even thinking about Trevor Lawrence. I don't want Justin Fields there. I would take Matt Jones. Um, I think he would be good in that organization and that scheme. Um, so if they were able to get Matt Jones or Kyle. If Kyle Pitts is on the board, I go Kyle. Um, because if you got a dominant tight end and you're going to have Chris Claypool, I think that would be great. Who do you think should replace Bud Dupree? Do you want a Joseph Osai or do you want an Oziz Ojolari from right there in Georgia? Um, I like Ojolari. I think I like Ojolari. I think he would fit that mold, um, be just being a straight rusher. Um, Bud Dupree is going to be a, a good loss. Um, I hate that he got hurt last year because um, I didn't really get to see too much of him this year because he because of the injury. Um, but he was an uprising player, and he actually um, would deserve that contract that he will get. Somebody would pay him some good money. Um, but I think just because of the COVID, that's one of the reasons we wasn't able to keep him, um, you know, and actually just be able to have him for longevity because he was a great Russian linebacker. Um, but I would go for the kid from Georgia. Um, if we can get him probably second round, if he's on the board, second or third round, I would go with him. Um, but I, I said, I'm in love with those two picks for the Kyle Pitts and Matt Jones because I'm, I'm sick of uh, Roethlisberger. <laughs> there is Gillette. Thank you so much for joining us on Under the Helmet this week. Thank you so much. Thank this you so much, man. Good talking with you. Always. Another episode of Under the Helmet. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.